When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Follow the marquee and come to the Monday matinee. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. And welcome. You're tuned into the Sonic Society, the world showcase of modern audio theater. I'm Jack Ward, back from my trip, and here again with my ever-reliable co-host, David Alt. Yes, as reliable as the winding of a watch, my friend, even though I've got a solar watch now, so it doesn't actually need any winding. Nice. Uh, and the dropping of a podcast episode. Uh, indeed. And tonight's podcast drop will be David Carlson's epic, The Hyacinth Disaster, episode one, Just Doing a Job. But first... First... First, there's going to be a first. Yes, I figured we should have a little chat about some upcoming news bits for EVP and Sonic Society. Ooh, such as what? Uh, well, first of all, we should talk. This is the last three episodes of season 14, and Sonic Summerstock Playhouse begins July 3rd. Sonic Summerstock, excellent. The theatre is ready. Good. I, I've been in there with a the feather duster today. <laughs> you do all the work there, my <laughs> friend. You set up and host the whole thing by yourself, and I appreciate oh. the time off, and it's nice it's always i love summer stock it's so much fun it is great fun i i love it as well originally i know that we will probably go back over this and and regular listeners will have heard all of this before there was, there was a time when i hadn't really heard any old time radio and so sonic summer stock was a really good way to get old time radio back into the um well back into the, the the feeds but this time with new and existing audio drama companies recreating that that old time radio yeah it's kind of a bit of a a lost lexicon in some ways you know there's a couple of camps there's some old folks like me that appreciate it. And of course, we talk about all this stuff in Sonic Echo mm -hmm. once a month yes. with the Amigos. And then there's people who just, you know, move forward and just want to do their own thing and haven't even listened to it. Now, to be fair, most of the old time radio stuff that we play is stuff in North America. And that's a little harder for you mm -hmm. to have listened to in the first well, place. Exactly. So. Yes. And, and the BBC was such a monopoly for audio drama in this country that uh, there really wasn't that much. 
that was uh, of of the old time radio staff. Certainly not a, to the same extent that you guys had it. So, and and the BBC is quite locked down on things. I'm just going to say that it's unfortunate that the BBC is locked down on some of those things because they've been putting a ton of the old time radio stuff straight into archive.org, and it's a great resource mm. for people who want to check things out it's been a lot of fun mm, but it's a uh, it's a matter of getting hold of the scripts as well though so, it is yes and there are some scripts available as you know mm-hmm. otr generic radio scripts that's where a lot of the people go to do sonic summer stock playhouse we send them to a couple of different script places and then of course there's some pikers like me that actually go and transcribe them from the <laughs> original shows which takes a long long time yes. but it's, it's it's a lot of fun yes and and uh, a lot of people don't have that amount of time especially when they're trying to hold down a job yes uh and uh oh try and write how many audio dramas are you currently writing jack oh i've lost count (laughs) (laughs) it's about time i finished off a couple i think you know that sort of brings me to i'm gonna skip the list a little bit but i want to talk about the fact that i have been considering finally maybe doing a little more monetization of the sonic society and electric vicuna uh, productions Mm -hmm. So mm-hmm. this this kind of came with a long conversation with a friend of mine when I was in uh, Toronto, a longtime friend of mine, Randall Olson, who um, lives at home and makes quite a comfortable living, far more than I make as a teacher, <laughs> uh, working some websites that he has, cooksinfo.com, for those people who are interested, and uh, healthycanning.com are his two big websites where he you know writes some really interesting articles almost on a daily basis about uh, cooking and in specific areas and makes a lot of money through advertising. Now, I, I'm not saying I'm going to make a lot of money through advertising in that, but maybe... So you, you don't want me to be talking about Casper mattresses or anything like that? Before. Well, we may we may end up doing that. That's that's one of the possibilities. We did take a look at how if we put a couple of commercials in, you know, we could end up making, uh, you know, up to seven to ten thousand a year oh. American, which would pay for a lot of the bills and uh, some new equipment and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe help fund a couple of new audio dramas. Uh, so that alone was really exciting for me. Mm-hmm. So that that's a possibility. And another possibility, of course, is uh, setting up a new uh, Patreon account. So I just did that. Uh, I haven't enabled it yet, but I had some really cool ideas where I thought of all kinds of extra things that people could get in um, a Sonic Society Patreon, including uh, a series that I might produce uh, that won't be available anywhere else. So, you know, Mm. I I might put one episode on the Sonic Society free uh, feed and then the rest would be available for Patreons or I'd sell, you know, or if you didn't want to be a Patreon, I could, I'll probably still sell it through Audible or something like Mm -hmm. that. Uh, But it'll be cheaper, of course, for Patreon folk to get that. So that's something I've, I've kind of wanted to do in the back of my head. I'll always produce free audio. That's just something I'll always do. But there's nothing wrong with me also trying to consider maybe creating a series or two that are for a special audience that are interested in in supporting because we're coming up to 15 years not this year but uh next year will be 15 seasons of the sonic society wow yes of course and so as we're getting a little long on the tooth (laughs) that's another thing is that we're going to remove probably the first 10 years from the sonic society feed on come season 15 so that will mean uh that if you haven't heard the entire series now's your chance to do it (laughs) you've got it you've got a year to go through the entire backlog of every episode 
And mm. then uh, those will be uh, removed from the main feed. And uh, certainly select ones could be put behind in the Patreon for those people who are interested for that too. So then if I thought of uh, audio novel content for uh, Patreon people, some audio fiction, some specials, some PDFs of script collections that I've been making through the years and I haven't released, but I was planning to sell that I could also make available for Patreons. There could be a, a whole lot of gifts Certainly something I'm thinking uh, at least monthly, if not every other week or twice monthly for that. And certainly there's there's the option, if you were thinking of it, Jack, that you could give uh, writing courses. That's true. For anyone that was interested in that. Because obviously you've done your thing about audio drama, how audio drama sits in... In that little... Yeah, the story uh, of audio narrative kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, we're, all the different variations from that. And that's another thing I was talking to Lothar. He said I could certainly put... I could do audio how to write certain things and how to be able to do that on a regular basis. And like you say, it could be, mm. end up being an ongoing course. So Yes, and, and you could always um, hook up with Mike Del Gordio, who is one of the No Sleep podcast crew, because he reviews microphones. Oh, wow. And all of that kind of technical equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's called, they call him the Booth Junkie. Cool. Uh, and you can find him on YouTube. So if you were to link up with him, then that would be quite a, a good technical yes. technical double whammy. Yeah, technical get. I know uh, <laughs> there's a, I'm also considering, well, I'm not considering, but starting uh, season 14 to sort of help bring up the numbers a little bit, we'll also go full time to having two shows a week. So we'll continue with the full feature on Tuesdays. And of course, on we'll start doing Thursdays, but Thursdays will sort of switch. So we'll continue with Sonic Echo. The Amigos really love doing that. Mm-hmm. So that will be once a month. And then I'll go back to uh, doing Sonic Speaks again and doing some more interviews. It's been a while since I've had some regular interviews and I've had a number of people request to uh, have an interview. Oh, fantastic. So we'll do that once a month. And then uh, since we're now part of the Empire Network, I've approached them and I thought, why don't we do a monthly feature for the Empire mm. Network? So of all the different groups there, we'll have a, an audio drama from the Empire Network that will feature once a, uh, once a month on the Sonic Society. And then the fourth entry can be a bunch of things, but I, I know a friend of mine who wants to do sort of a monthly podcast on Geeks and Nerds of Nova <laughs> Scotia. <laughs> and as an interview thing and I certainly offered that to her because I thought it would be interesting if she did it for a year or two because then they would people would start to get a bit of a flavor for uh, Halifax so when they want to come to MadCon oh They might know a little more about stuff. MadCon 2020? MadCon 2020. And we've actually nailed down the new dates. So cross off all the old (laughs) dates because I think I had mentioned to you there was the the Aboriginal Games, Mm, which which basically took up every piece of real estate for the entire (laughs) week. And I thought, no, I want people to be able to have a place to hang their hat. So we we moved the whole thing. And it's a good reason we didn't have the website up to do that. So here is the (laughs) definitive date. July 24th to the 26th of 2020 in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And if you're interested in buying tickets, the website will go live on July 24th. So I'm starting it. It'll start going live, the website, and we'll give you the link for it during Sonic Summerstock so that you can go and buy your tickets and set up their place for you want to stay and start figuring out what you want to see in this incredible once in a lifetime, I'm going to say, really, once in a lifetime. There's only, you only get one first in life, right? Very and this true, is the, yes. This is the first time we're going to have 
all your favorites, all the greats of modern audio theater coming together. It's I'm I'm so excited. I know we've talked about this before, but I I, I, and I don't like to while away my life, but I can't wait for 2020. <laughs> I just can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So so like I said, keep an eye out for Sonic Society Patreon, which I'm calling Sonic Gold for those people who uh, used to remember <laughs> the old Sonic Gold. Indeed, and, uh, yes, because I, I remember I, I when I came over to meet you seven, eight years ago, um, I, I remember purchasing my Sonic Gold. Right. Little did I know. <laughs> it was a fun little go for one season, but now we're looking at trying to find ways to make it. So this means that my summers will be busy, you know, producing stuff. So I'll have enough material because I don't I don't want to start off the Patreon until I have the material in place. I'm just, of course, that's, that's I don't, very wise. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm not playing that game of I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, mm. it's going to be there. I just going to be, you know, releasing it in drips and drabs. So that's why we're going to do it. So I, I don't know when the Patreon will start. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have it start in the beginning of season 14. But you know what? Maybe it won't be till season 15. We'll see how things go. Mm-hmm. But I have the page made and it just hasn't gone live yet. But please, speaking of live, start thinking and start saving up for MadCon 2020, the modern audio drama convention. That's where everything is live. We have live shows that are going to be there. We have a amazing people that are going to come the list will grow and i'll start naming out all those people we're going to start putting out commercials too for people so they'll know about it we'll get them in all the podcasts so the idea is that we just we want to see you all there whether you're makers whether you're actors whether you're producers or writers or or just fans who want to meet everybody and want to be involved and hey maybe want to try stuff in a microphone yourself and be part of a walla or (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have everything going on it's just it's gonna be fantastic it's gonna be a a really good time but i think now jack it's it's about time that we get on with the rest of the show 2020 is it's two years away but the the (laughs) (laughs) our show is now fair enough there's so many (laughs) updates of course which makes me think what would you like to see in a patreon only corner of the sonic society i I want you listeners to think about it Uh, not right now because it's time for tonight's feature as david says the hyacinth disaster episode one and it all begins right here on the sonic society you're listening to the hyacinth disaster written by david carlson part one August 13th, 2151. The MRS Corvus, a mining vessel contracted by Helysis Mining Company, was apprehended by a security ship of rival corporation Lycaon Minerals. Shortly thereafter, Lycaon broadcast an open message demanding ransom for the safe return of Corvus's captain, Ember Roth, and her crew. Corporate heads at Helysis Mining ignored them. On August 14th, Friends of Captain Roth seized a chance to help her the only way they could, taking their own mining ship, the Hyacinth, to survey a promising asteroid. They prayed it would be worth enough to entice their employers to pay the ransom. The following recording, retrieved from the Hyacinth's black box, recounts the final hours of their mission.
<sighs> okay. All hands, this is Captain Hines. Be advised I'm back on the bridge. Sorry for the break. And look at that. The ship's still intact. Yeah, for the most part. Argus? XO7 here. I've just got your latest receptor connection. That makes 12 between you and Grimm. Keep it up. Ember and her crew don't have much time left. Yep. Working on it. This is Eric Temple, commander of the Lycaon frigate Tesseract, to the station commander at Helysis Mining Company. The date is August 13th, the time is 0113 Zulu. I'm transmitting this from just off the asteroid 32339 Algonor, near Jovian L5. In other words, indisputably the property and territory of Lycaon Minerals Corporation. You might recognize it as the rock you ordered your contract ship, MRS Corvus, to mine. Now, I'm sure you counted on the vastness of space and the near limitless number of asteroids to keep your incursions hidden, but it didn't work. We have the Corvus in custody. With its captain, Ember Roth, and its crew of 52 people, we are holding the vessel pending monetary compensation for the several loads of mineral wealth it delivered from the asteroid to you before we c- You'll have to pay for it, is what I'm saying. For the price and minor details like proof that your people are still alive, refer to the file of attached to this transmission. You will contact me with appropriate payment, and I will release them. You have 48 hours to comply if you want your ship and people back. Intact. Uh, Con? Go ahead, Blue. Ship is telling me there's a fire in comms. Right next to me, in fact. Yeah, it does that. It's nothing to worry about. Are you sure? Well, unless you're actually on fire, it's nothing. That sensor's been acting up for months. Maintenance has broken down since I left, huh? Corporate's been ignoring old ships recently. Don't blame me. Whoa! I'm kidding. You okay? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. We can't afford any suspicion from Station. At all. Temple's deadline is coming up fast, and I don't Are know if Are you listening this... to that transmission again? Transmission? What makes you say that? It's not helping. I'm sorry. I'm waiting on the guys to finish. I don't know what else to do. We're already doing everything we can, which is a lot more than corporate. Or anyone else, for that matter. Yeah, but that's really not saying much, is it? Stop making it harder on yourself. We need a captain, not a self-flagellatory bowl of runny jello. Uh, point taken? Good. Alright, uh, is, is there any chatter on long comms I should know about? Uh, the Grissom got herself fouled up, so that's keeping station Wait, busy. what? How's the crew? What happened? Navigation thrusters malfunctioned. Ship couldn't stop rolling for a minute, and the tether wrapped around her. Crew's fine. They hadn't deployed their surface teams. And the tether's auto-release didn't kick in because... Not sure, but I talked to Norse just last week, and he um, said... I'm sorry, Norse? Comms guy in the Grissom. Great hair. And beard. The sort of guy you'd never want mad at you unless you were twice as big or twice as fast. Preferably both. Good luck being either. Uh, huh. Yeah, he mentioned that they had to put in for repairs at station after the tether took damage last month. Maintenance gave them a clean bill. <laughs> that explains that. You know it. Which rock are they fouled at? 
7-3305. Seven class. Good for them. And not that they'll see much of the profit, but it's more than I ever got. Is that the one Sivir found the... Ah, what the... Oh, no! What? Heavens, it seems the bridge is venting to space. You're on the bridge. Oh, the horror. Can't. Breathe. (laughs) Another bad sensor, huh? Yep. I get sucked into space a couple times a week now. Well, that can't be healthy. Uh, on the contrary. There's nothing to put a sparkle in your eye and a spring in your step like catastrophic pulmonary shock. 53 lives are at risk, and my ship is falling apart. I hope this rock is worth it. Now who's worried? I'm just saying. Finch says Drenon is good at what he does, but there's no guarantee this rock is worth any risk at all. A minute ago, you were trying to convince me this is a great idea. I said we're doing everything we can. I didn't say this was definitely going to work. Okay. Okay, great. I wasn't stressed out enough before. Not about running a 400,000-ton ship with just six people. Not about sneaking said ship to a potentially worthless asteroid. Not even about risking my own crew's freedom. Now, my old first officer is having second thoughts. (laughs) Second? My brain's playing hardcore tennis with my opinion of all this, so 50 or 60 thoughts by now, but whatever. We're here. Nothing we can do but wait for the guys to finish. Clatter, we'll see if they ever do. What's up? Grimm's receptors are having trouble connecting. He's probably about to start shouting at Con. Here we go. Control here. What's wrong with the network? I'm not sure. I'm working on it. Try reset. I did. What are you doing? I am trying to keep the hyacinth from falling apart. Which is becoming increasingly more difficult to do. Are you kidding me? What? Uh, I'm, I'm going to task Blue on this. She's better at computering. Blue. Blue here. Please take Grimm's channel and help him out. I've got another problem. At this point, the ship could literally blow up and I'd assume it was a false alarm. It's actually not the ship. XO7's leg is acting up. Again. I thought Finch repaired it. Finch has a lot on her plate. Yeah. Yeah, just handle Grimm. Donkey roll. Control to XO7. Argus, copy. Icon, go ahead. I'm getting alerts on your suit. Is that joint coming apart again? Negative control. Uh, I, wait. Yep. Legs going rickets on me. <sighs> Copy. Do you need to come in? You kidding? We won't have a chance like this again. Well, I know, but if the joint breaks, it could puncture your vac suit. And I'd prefer you not die. We're not quitting. Amber and her crew aren't going to ransom themselves. Nobody said anything about quitting, Argus. Can you patch it? My XO doesn't have a welder. Really? At least not one that works. XO7, remember? Copy. Control to XO4. Grim, copy. Grim here. Shoot. Argus's leg servo is shot again. He needs a band-aid. Ask Dreadnought. Dreadnought's busy. Oh, right. And I'm just sitting on my ass. Just do it, Grim. We have less than four hours to finish up here, and Dreadnought's job can't wait. Yours can. Copy? Well, there goes my day. Copy? Copy. Rescue Argus. ETA, four mics. Thank you. Okay. Control to XO7. Argus, Grim is heading your way. Four minutes. Thanks, Con. This gonna hold us up, or does Dreadnought still have a ways to go? I 
guess I can check now. Control to XO2, Dreadnought, copy. Dreadnought, copy. What's got you? How's the drilling going? Uh, just past 100 meters. This one, though, dude, it's pretty dense. Say again? Said it's XO2, do you copy? I copy, how about you? I'd copy now, sorry. Your radio's worse than I remember. I'd rather have a bad radio on a good XO than a good radio on a bad XO. Like, what, number seven that you guys have? That thing was falling apart. Yeah. Do you minor types not care about safety? How long has it been since you overhauled these things, man? Not since corporate monopolized everything. Old parts are impossible to get if you haven't noticed. They barely even care to fix our damn ships. Yeah, I noticed. Still, their stuff is pretty shiny. Sure. They also track everything. So make it work. Speaking of tracking, Station figured out we're here yet? Do you expect them to? <laughs> Do you not? Blue said they're focused on other things. And even if they weren't, she disabled our locator. She what? You are asking for trouble, Heinz. We can't afford a random check telling them we're a billion miles from where we're supposed to be. Besides, you're used to flying alone. We have a great team. If something goes wrong, we'll handle it. You better hope so, dude. What's your depth? One, two, eight meters, but Squealer's gonna have a hard time scanning through all this stuff. Very dense, tough going. I I'm telling you, though, I got a feeling about this one. It's rich, all right. Real Goldie Rock. There's a lot of lives hanging on the accuracy of your gut, Dreadnought. I, I told you, man, I couldn't make any guarantees. Survey scans can tell you if a lock is definitely worthless. If it doesn't register as definitely worthless, then it could be full of anything from uh, iron to iridium. <laughs> better be more than iron here. We're here because I think there is, dude. There are certain data points that any surveyor can see that often mean more valuable materials. Uh-huh. Wait, won't corporate notice those numbers? Well, my report headline was dismal. Sanis 130-999-1, class 1. I doubt if anyone in the office even bothers to check the file, dude. Just don't mention me by name until after you negotiate that price. Okay, when are you setting off the first scan burst? We should be deep enough for the squealer to... Wait, what are Grim and Argus doing? You can see them? Uh, no, that's the problem. I haven't seen any receptors link up in a couple minutes. Uh, our Argus needs a band-aid on his exo and Grim's patching him up. What's your depth now? Let me guess, he took number seven? Oh, damn, we should have picked up a rig for him at least. Or a better drill. There are too many eyes on that, Dreadnought, trust me. Yeah? I'm not usually on this side of things. Still. Depth, Dreadnought. One, four, six meters. I take it you want me to mind my own business? Neither of us wants you screwing this up. Yeah. Hey, speaking of screwing, how's things with Finch? <laughs> nope. Control to XO4. Oh, come on, man. Give me something. Control to XO4. Grim. Shoot. How's it coming with Argus? I'm almost there. <sighs> okay, helpless. What did you break now? Ask Finch. She said it was safe. She said probably. We didn't have much choice here. Since Dreadnought's the new guy, he got the best exo. Seven was your only option. Except for four. Hey, I bought this with my money. I took care of it. Did you name it? No. You did name it. Oh my god, what is it? What do you call it? Tinkerbell? Butterfly. Lola? Is it Lola? I'm about to name it Argus Death. I wouldn't even be mad about that. That's a badass name. Guys, 
I'm checking the servo now. Let's see. Yep, it's a weld rod. What the hell? What? Grim? Elaborate. Uh, it looks like something chewed on Argus's vac suit. What? Say again for? Like it was trying to get inside. Did it get in? Did it get in? No! Whoa! Oh my god, what is that? Grim, Argus, what is it? What is it? What is it? <laughs> Oh, you bastard! Oh, <laughs> That's for stringing my clothes out the airlock last week, sucker! Damn it! Conquer, oh. Grim, knock it off and patch Argus up. We're on borrowed time. Yeah, can Blue get that recording off the black box? Oh, priceless. Grim! Yeah, yeah, kind of on it. <laughs> Do I have to remind you why we're here? No. You don't. Ember's running out of time. You think I don't know that, asshole? Then stop screwing around! I'm not just... You're way out of line, Con. How am I... Send the con. Later. What? Uh, wheeler set. Uh, it probably won't tell me much more than how much further I have to drill, but I need some feedback. You know when they'll be done? Stand by. Control to XO 7 and 4. I control... Seven here. Plus one. Dreadnought's got the squealer ready. How's the patch? Okay, look, I'm just trying to get this done. I've known Ember longer than you, damn it. The only thing keeping me from freaking out is pretending like nothing's wrong, just doing a job. I know my job. I happen to be pretty good at it. Okay, Grim, you're right. I'm sorry. Huh. I think that's grim for I forgive you, kinda. Huh. Now kiss. <laughs> Look, this'll be over soon, and we'll have a beer or ten with our mates on the Corvus. You're buying. Captain always buys. How's the patch? We're about done. Yeah, watch it! That's my lucky C4. For all the good it's doing. Not making a good day so far. Control the patch here should hold until we get back. Long as nothing chews on it. Screw you. Confirmed. Hurry back and finish up. Argus? Aye. When is your scanner going to be set up? Uh, I've got... Let's see. Two more receptors to play. I'll be done in a minute. Station suspicious at all, by the way? Uh, Blue says no. They're dealing with other crap. Grim, when can you be ready? Well, I was almost ready before Argus broke himself, and I had to get all the way here, and now I Grim. have to... Give me six mics. Confirmed. Control to XO2. What's gotcha? Argus and Grimm will be ready in about six minutes. I... Okay. What's wrong? I'm pretty much already set here. You sure Argus and Grimm know what they're doing? Yes, I've worked with them on half a dozen rocks. They get the job done. Especially since they're trying to pull this off with Stone Age equipment. <laughs> Con to XO7. Is your scanner ready? Yeah. Just waiting on Grimm now. Good because Dreadnought here is concerned about our ability to do this job, since we're old. Oh, man, come on. Oh, I'm not trying to is he? Oh, listen, Argus, you guys clearly know what you're, you're doing. What? Dreadnought, like, 16? 17. 16. I'm 24, dude. Right, and a surveyor, I might add. Have you ever actually walked on a rock before this one? Yeah, a, a couple. Uh-huh. Well, dude, we've stripped 
dozen of asteroids of their precious treasure, found enough ore to build a hundred starships, fixed thousands of catastrophic breakdowns while stranded in deep space, and each of us has had reasonable success in at least one committed relationship. Yeah, We've stared right. death in the face a million times, evaded pirates, exposed traitors, and fought aliens. Wait, what? Fair enough, I made up the last bit. The point is, we can handle this. Well, I was pretty confident in your incredible experience, man. I'm just hoping that your ship and this equipment holds up. Oh. Well, we're screwed there. There's no way this stuff is going to work perfectly. My leg already broke, kid. Yeah. But you're right, because our incredible experience will compensate for equipment hang-ups and new guys. As for the missus, she's fine. She'll hold together. She'll be fine. Don't worry about it. The missus? The, you know, the mi Mineral retrieval ship, the MRS highest... You need to meet some more people, kid. Yeah, but fewer miners, clearly. And learn not to mess with MRS captains, by the way. Con threw you at me on purpose, Dreadnought. Welcome to the high zone. <laughs> Thanks for that, Captain Hines, sir. I'll just believe. <laughs> I've half a mind to set up a squealer now, see how you like getting your ears blown off. Dreadnought, if you fry our comms, I fry your... What's up, Blue? Station is on the line. St Conquer, Blue, you said they didn't know anything. I said they weren't suspicious based on what I was hearing. They contacted me directly. You're not even supposed to be on the Hyacinth. I, I mean they contacted the ship. I didn't tell them who I was. They want to talk to you. Why? I don't know why. Conquer. Okay, um, okay, okay. Uh, you turned off the locator, yes? Is that a serious question? Or have you been popping shots in the last five minutes? Right. Sorry. I'll take it. Sterkte. Dankuwel. This is Conlon Hines. Hines, why do I have to call you on a ship? You're not on the clock, are you? No. Where are you? Hyacinth was all hinky last week. A few of my crew and I are doing a once-over for next shift. I'm not pinging you. What's your location? We had to power down all transmission sources and test them individually. We haven't gotten to the locator yet. Where are you? Station, I am trying to get ready for next shift. Is there something you needed? Yes. The Grissom had a problem at 7-3305. How tangled did she get? You've heard about it? Uh, yeah. I've got one of my guys listening through channels to help us identify our radio problem. Oh. Well, Grissom is completely fouled. Had a major engine malfunction and twisted into its asteroid tether. Gonna cost a hell of a lot to fix. Is everyone okay? Commander didn't, uh, mention any casualties. You didn't ask, did you? We take the safety of our contract crews seriously. Oh, so Corvus's crew is ransomed back then. <sighs> the crew of the Corvus were killed in an unfortunate encounter with Like Rogue. hell they were! We've all seen the message, Clotzak! Any communications from their attackers implying the crew survived has been deemed false by a team of forensic data specialists. They went out there on corporate orders. They're in danger because corporate is pretending nobody knows what the entirety of the out-system mining population absolutely knows. The crew of the Corvus are still alive. That is rampant, imaginative speculation based on hearsay. That is rampant corporate ass-covering based on you being a bastard. I'll log that as a formal complaint, if you wish. Meanwhile, the Grissom... We're not a rescue vessel, or... 
Did you decide it was too expensive to dispatch those to the scene? Of course not. The crew will be safe soon. We need you to pick up the slack until Grissom is repaired. Head out to 7-3305 immediately. We're still fixing our transmitters. You can fix them en route. And if something goes wrong on the way? Use this channel. It obviously works. For now... We expect you to report to 7-3305 by 0500 hours. We need more time. Don't we all? Station out. <clears throat> sure, Station. We'd love to accommodate your sociopathy. Will we get overtime? What is overtime? Never mind. We're happy to comply. We sure love you, Station. What is love? Never mind, Station. Just keep being you. Well, at least you get to work a Class 7 asteroid. Yippee. How long will it take to get there? Well, uh, we'd have to drop by station to pick up the rest of my crew and get you out without anyone noticing, so we'd have to leave in uh, 52 minutes. And another pleasant news, meteors are pelting Martian cities, chocolate is suddenly poisonous, and the sun has unexpectedly gone nova. Yeah. Attention, all hands. We now have almost no time. Station has requested that we report in early to cover for the Grissom. Station? They still don't know we're out here, but we now have less than an hour to finish scanning this damn rock. Is that possible, Dreadnought? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, what do we need to do to get this done? stop. We're Ember's only chance at survival. Temple's deadline ends in three hours. Why do we care what Station wants? This rock is Ember's only chance, Argus. This is it. If it isn't valuable, there's no sense in waiting around for corporate to take us down. I won't let you all get thrown into some hellish prison for no good reason. So we need to find out what we've got here fast. All I want is one good day. Is that too much to ask? Them's the cards, Grim. Double time, everyone, and please keep your thoughts to yourself. I did my best. Heavy hangs the head that wears the crown. Not now, Blue. Want some coffee? (sighs) Tastes like nuclear runoff. Some people are into that. I wish corporate was. Was that a new dispatcher? I think so. At least I didn't recognize him. Where do they get these guys? I like to imagine they have a factory. Like, big warehouse full of lumps of iron shaped like hearts. But instead of a beat, they have little servos. Is it functioning, sir? Let me check its heart. Yep, all good. Won't let feelings get in the way. Grim? Shoot. Are you done? I was about to hail you. I'm all set. Let's make this rock squeal. Control to all Exos. Prep for scanning shock. Exo 7, go. Go, Con! Exo 4, go. Go. Confirmed. Exo 2, we're good to go. Control to Exo 2, Dreadnought. I'm good, man, you read? Barely. Damn your radio! Consider it damned! Are we doing this? We're waiting for you! Woo! I'm good to go! Alright, everyone lock comms and hold on. And, you know, cross your fingers or something. Ember needs it. On my mark, five, four, three.
This was part one of the Hyacinth Disaster. You can find the whole series at the website, davidecarlson.net, and on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, PodParadise.com, or wherever podcasts are found. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on one of these sites and share the series with anyone you can think of. If you have any questions or you want to get updates and production facts, check in on Facebook.com slash The Hyacinth Disaster, or on Reddit at r slash The Hyacinth Disaster, or on Twitter at the MRS Hyacinth. And check the About page on the website to sign up for information about future projects, and if you think it's worth it, please consider donating a little to help me make more. There are some fun extras for you if you do. Thanks very much for listening. And that's this week's show. Please email us at sonicsocietygmail.com and let us know about your thoughts as to being a Patreon. After nearly 15 years, what would you like to see? Until we meet again next week at the Sonic Society for part one of the season finale, I'm David Alt. And I'm Jack Ward. Good night, folks. Night. The Sonic Society is written and produced weekly by Jack J. Ward and David Alt with original music by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society by Creative Commons Licensing. The Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Thanks for listening. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Today's episode of Tech Diff Daily is brought to you by the American Fiber Optic Merkin Association, because startup capital and cocaine don't mix well. For a show you won't believe, now it's time for fun with Steve. Someone was paid to do theme music for me. Hello, everyone. My name is Steve, and it's my time to shine. I am pleased as peace to announce that after heavy-duty negotiations that have gone on for, oh, months, I have finally been granted my own segment here on the network. Yes, comma, at long last, comma, I, comma, Steve, comma, that's me, comma, will be allowed to present for all of you in the listening public, comma, the more thoughtful and introspective side of me, comma, Steve, period, comma. Asterix, asterix, director's note, colon, Steve, comma, that's me, comma, whatever you do, comma, for the love of God, comma, don't read the punctuation marks out loud, period, comma, Steve, you're an idiot, exclamation point, asterix, asterix, facepalm. And I couldn't have said it better myself. Now, what kind of show is this you may ask question mark well the answer is after a long musing period where i was given a selection of variety formats to choose from i have landed on talk show why talk show you ask well the answer is twofold one i believe that the human intellect does not thrive in a vacuum no it is best suited in an interaction between a host and one or more guests and two A lot less sound effects editing.
that stuff takes ages, so fortunately we won't have to be doing any of that. And before we begin, let me just say what a pleasure and honor it will be to finally to present to you, the audience, my more intellectual side. Now, for today's topic du jour. Social media, or more particularly, does social media and its associated reductivist habits of relegating societal problems to trending topics with only the shallowest of attention-getting information more helpful or harmful to public awareness of social ills? To help me answer that question, my guest is Dr. Denton Carlisle, chairman of the University of Michigan Sociology Department. Good evening. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Now, Dr. Carlisle, how would you answer that question? Well, on the one hand, it could be argued uh, that any sort of public awareness of a societal problem, whether through a scholarly article or through a clickbait headline, is a net positive. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand, mm -hmm. um, am I going to be allowed to pay for this case of Red Bull? Do you mean that in a sociological or a uh, metaphorical sense? No, I mean it in the sense that this is the checkout line at Target, am I correct? I'm not sure. Let me just look at my notes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, it is. And uh, I appear to be wearing a red smock. Uh, so it turns out that I am a cashier at Target and not, in fact, the host of my own interview show. Shame, really. It was actually a very interesting topic. Yeah, and frankly, I'm a little bit steamed, if you must know. I distinctly remember getting a message on my phone telling me to be in the studio for a recording of this show today. Listen. Hey, Steve, it's Cayenne. Listen, uh, we went over the notes here for your proposal in the talk show, and we're deciding to greenlight it. We think it's a fantastic idea. Uh, we're just going to get this ball moving right away. Mm -hmm. So what we need you to do is pick up some supplies that you think you'll need for a show, uh, for a talk show. You know, think paper, flash drives, pens, whatever you, whatever you can think of, really, extension cords, microphone cables, even microphones, if you think of it. Um, just go over to Target and pick those up. I know you can find them there. And um, and get back to the studio in time to, uh, to make sure we get the show rolling. Remember, that the date for that show's taping is June 6th. There, see? 2016. 2016, Steve. Oh. 2016. Mm. So, whatever you do, don't go to Target mm. and get distracted by something shiny uh. and then forget what you were doing and then assume that you worked at Target oh. and end up as a cashier there for like I don't know, two years? Ooh. Okay, just as long as we got that straight, Steve, all right? See you at the studio. Bye. Well, poop. You know, you sound like you're having a rough time. I'll just take this over to the self-checkout. Well, thank you, Professor, and, and uh, thanks once again for being on my program. Oh, don't mention it to anyone, ever, please. I won't. Uh, all right, well, uh, that's our show. Um, next time we'll be having another topic at... Uh, oh, jeez, I had Middle East Peace lined up here. Uh, anyway, uh, until then, uh, can I help you, sir? Yeah, how much for this here fiber optic merkin? I couldn't find a price tag before I shoved it down my shorts. Hi, I'm Explodo Durante. Are you missing your pubes due to a medical procedure, illness, or you just like the way it feels in the wind? No pubes, no problem with Explodo Durante's fiber optic LED merkins. It's like there's a rave in your pants and nobody was invited. How much would you pay for light-up pubes? Stupid question. No price is too high for light-up pubes. But wait, there's more. No, there's not. There's light-up pubes. What more do you need? That's Explodo Durante's LED fiber optic merkins. Not available in stores, by the internet, or through the mail. In fact, you're probably hallucinating this entire ad, you weirdo.
Are you in the mood for a good laugh? <laughs> or maybe a good scream? How about some childlike wonder? Or a thought-provoking mystery? Then get your ears ready for a treat, because the Mutual Audio Drama Network presents shows every day for your enjoyment. Each day is a different genre featuring the talents of a huge pool of audio drama masters. Oh, and some clever comedy creators as well. <laughs> Subscribe to the Mutual feed and get them all, or choose the genres you really love. Ooh. You'll find the Mutual Audio Network at all your favorite places, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, EarBuddies, Podcast-O-Rama, Casting Call, Podcast, and wherever quality shows are found. Okay, I made a few of those up. Or simply go online to MutualAudioNetwork.com. And of course, it's all free. free. The Mutual Audio Drama Network. Listen and imagine together. Maintaining social distancing, of course.